All right, Drew, rolling along here on this college series here on the Splitting Up Rise podcast. We are going to Waxahachie, Texas for episode 13. Boy, I'm excited, but before we get to the interview itself, we're going to take a quick time out and hear from our friends at Anchor.fm about how you can create your very own podcast and do interviews like the one we're about to do. All right, Drew, like I said, we're going down to Waxahachie, Texas today. Not only that, we are interviewing a family member of a Texas high school football dynasty, a family dynasty. So help me out here. Who are we talking to today? Yeah, well, we're going to Sagu University to talk to Luke McBride. He's an offensive lineman for, for the Lions down in Sagu. Uh, I played with him at Coppell, like you already stated, a dynasty of a family when it comes to football in the state of Texas. It was awesome to catch up with him, man. He's a great dude, an old lineman. He's super funny. So, Sandy, hit the play button. Let's get this rolling. I've had a lot of friends, and I'm all right by that. But people keep on coming back. Raising hell with the hippies and the cowboys. They don't care about no trends. They don't care about songs that sell. Yeah, tomorrow I'll be gone. So tonight everybody just sing along. Raising hell with the hippies and the cowboys. All right, drum pump, because we got Luke on with us. You know, we've been talking to him a few minutes before we started recording just you know trying to get a feel for him and stuff you know from high school i i don't mm-hmm. but I, i'm pumped because this dude is awesome as hell uh, but you know what's going on you know i gotta ask you the question um we're dealing with an offensive guard here so i gotta switch it up on you again Drew, yep. we're going back to the 40 times i know you're not happy about this but we are we're going back to the 40 times so sag you offensive guard luke mcbride over under five one five 40 yard dash Tough. I'm going to have to say, um, knowing Luke, when he gets a little momentum going with him, he's a bigger guy. When he gets a little momentum going with him, I know he can start moving the wheels. Um, and as he just told us, he's, his 40's gotten faster since high school. I'm 100% going under. Now I'm giving him, I'm still in the five, but I have him at like a five flat, maybe a little above a five flat. Luke, like am I right or am I wrong? About, about, I mean, that's pretty accurate, about right there. Let's go. Let's go, Sandy. I'm back on the track. I, I went off the wheels <laughs> last week. Now I'm back. I'm, I'm batting 100% again. Uh, but Luke, <laughs> like you said, we knew each other from high school. Obviously, you started your days at Coppell. Uh, yeah. What is it like playing for you? You started your junior year. No, you, your sophomore year, actually. You started yeah, sophomore, sophomore year. year. What is it like mm-hmm. to be a sophomore playing Texas high school 6A football? Tell you what, man. Honestly, I mean, you know who our offensive line was when we were playing at that time. Like, I was very, very secure with who I had around me because, I mean, I had Glenn, who was a monster. Jordan, who's a monster. Je- Colin Jacks, he was a feisty little dude. And then Big Sleep, who's a freaking monster also. And then on top of that, you have Connor Williams, who's a grown man. Grown man. Mm-hmm. And then... Not very nervous because, like y'all said, my dad kind of, you know, being thrown in the fire to me, he's like, all right, let's, let's do it. Like, let's get hot, you know. Let's be the coal in the fire. Let's, let's see how hot this fire can get. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't even remember who we really – oh, yeah. Because I will never forget this, though. First game, my first series, ever playing center, my, like, my first start and all this stuff was actually against the school I used to go to and I grew up at. Mm-hmm. was at Hebron. And, like, my first, like – snapper so was a safety and I will never forget that because I literally like I had friends on the other side that I was playing against and stuff and mm-hmm. they were like dang Luke is our first points of the season and I was like, dang, <laughs> that's tough that is tough yeah no I mean and like you said you got thrown into the fire I was a yeah. tight end that year um and I spent a lot of time with the old linemen um mm. and your dad you know coach Mike McBride scary dude but I've never seen him yell at someone like yourself uh, oh, obviously, man. being a, being the the coach's son is tough. Yep. Can you kind of explain what it was like, uh, especially your first year on varsity, having your dad as your coach, and how that transition was for yourself? All right. Well, it kind of like started like this, where I was actually a backup in the spring, and my dad didn't. My I mean, honestly, my dad didn't want me to start yet. He didn't think I was ready. 
And then I guess they had a coaches meeting or something before morning practice. And they were like, all right, go in there, try it for today. Let's see what happens. And I guess I didn't suck too much, <laughs> but you know, you know, so I kept that job. But with my dad, like that, he, there's one thing I'm always happy about the fact that with him, I was never, I never like people would come up and be like, Oh, you're just only playing for you because your coach's son. I was like, nah, like I had to mm. work for this. Like I yeah. would, like when y'all would go home after workouts and stuff, I would be up at the field house, literally taking mm-hmm. a nap in the turf room or something, getting extra work in. Like there's nothing else to do. Like, yeah, it was amazing advantages I had with my dad being a coach as hard as he was. And at the, maybe in the moment I didn't understand it because mm-hmm. I was like, why are you so much harder on me? Man, that's probably the biggest blessing of my life was the fact that he made me go, made me, you know, just take care of stuff, yeah. get stuff done, like stuff you learn as an older adult and stuff. Yeah. Stuff where there's there there like there's a mission. Take care of this mission. You know, yeah. something needs to be done. Somebody out there has to do it. Be that person yeah. that's gonna get it done, you know? Well, I mean and if you know the if not the university, if you know Coppell, Texas, one thing that we started to get known for was O line U. And I'm not saying we were mm-hmm. but like we were producing division one linemen every year. I mean oh, yeah. two years before you, you got Bill Weber, Leighton Light, mm-hmm. like just Connor Williams, yep. obviously, an offensive lineman now for the years after we had guys go big D1. So, like, it's not like mm-hmm. a given job at Coppell. So, Luke, obviously, as a coach's son, you move from, you know, city to city mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, you're at Coppell. Your dad moves on your junior year, I believe, to start coaching at Marcus. Can you talk about what that transition was like moving from one big D school, one 6A school to another 6A school? Honestly, man, it was it was kind of difficult just because I would I've been moving around a lot at that point. So, like, I finally, like, got – finally kind of settled really into Coppell. Finally got, like, a good group of friends and all that stuff. I mean, that's that's a lot for a high school kid, especially when you've been moving around a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's going to happen as coaches. Like, you're never actually buying a house as a coach. You're always renting a house because mm-hmm. you're always going to be moving. So, that was always the hardest thing. But when I finally got, like, accustomed to the people there, well, after, like, my junior year, I struggled a bit, got injured, and, like I said – being injured changed my life. I mm-hmm. like forever. That's probably the biggest blessing in my life in disguise. That I would have never thought ever was the fact that it took me away from the game and made me actually sit back and think and just changed my perspective on absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. So that, that changed exactly how I felt about Marcus and everything. Cause I, I grew up hating Marcus grew up in Hebron and everything mm-hmm. grew up hating red, hating, gray hating Marcus just because it was always in that district it was always at the time even and Marcus competing for U1 district mm-hmm. and so like it was always a really good competition really really good games I remember back-to-back years Marcus scored on like the last like player two to win mm-hmm. like it was great game so I grew up not liking Marcus but after some time there I actually loved it a lot like there's one thing I found a very very quick though at Marcus is that's still to this day the hardest workouts I've had in my life. <laughs> like, I will absolutely never forget where, like, I caught fell. I thought those were, like, good workouts and all that stuff. Man, I got a Marcus, and I will, like, there. I remember one time we ran, like, 31 tens one time or something like that, where it was just one of our coaches, you know, loved, loved, loved those coaches to death. It was, like, Coach Carter and Coach Wheeler. I will never forget just what, like, Everyone else in performance course ran like 20, I think it was 21 tens. And they were like, no, no, we don't want to be the same as everybody else. We're going to go do extra. So we just kind of one by one, every game we had after we did a recommended amount for PC. Mm-hmm. And I was, I will never forget that moment. Cause at one point in time, I was like, all right, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, you know how it is when you run a lot, especially when at the time I was like 350 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really, really big. And moving over like three steps is a, t- a tough task at the time. Mm-hmm. So like I would just remember like running. I was just being done with that, and all those kids are like, I will, like Marcus has amazing traditions, like incredible mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And they were like at the end, they would all clap it up together, and they would all like go wild and get lit. And I was like, good gosh, these kids are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like they're just like celebrating the fact that they just died, and I'm over here like regretting my life, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it totally makes sense. You always, the O-linemen always dread running the most. Um, but 
for someone like Sandy and maybe the listeners out there, uh, the McBride name is huge in this, in this, especially in the city of Dallas, but really in the state of Texas when it comes to high school football. Um, mm-hmm. You have your dad, Mike McBride, Joe McBride, his brother, as well as Kirk McBride, you know, Brady McBride, your cousin. Yep. Uh, you've got Blaine McBride, Seth McBride. Like it just the McBride name mm-hmm. is strong in the city of Dallas, again, it's in the it's state it's of it's Texas. It's Mm. Uh, what is it like to have that and kind of, I guess, continue that tradition of the, of the great McBrides? Man, I would say there's it's a lot of prideful people, man. They've, I, well, there's one thing I've always learned about my dad and my uncles is that they, they've had to be some of the hardest working, toughest people I've ever known in my life. I'm not saying this as a bias. I'm saying this is, I've heard some stories about the stuff they used to do. And man, that's just a different life. Like mm-hmm. it, you kind of understand how the way they're, you know, a bit different than everybody else. Yeah. But they pour into people like no other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've you've seen at least every single one of those dudes just absolutely pour in. And then as our kids, as uh, as Blaine is coaching, as Seth is coaching, as me and Brady are playing, and you know, transitioning to the next phase, we mm-hmm. do a lot of the same things. A lot of the same things as my dad would teach me was, if I'm gonna go in a fight, you want to go in two hands swinging. <laughs> don't, you know, you don't want to be a toe dipper. You know, that <laughs> yeah. sounds like a direct quote from him. Exactly. Yep. yep. <laughs> like if you're gonna do something. You're only in this moment once. You go all out, absolutely mm-hmm. everything you have, whatever you're doing. And that's, I mean, you can tell the way they do their job. It's always extreme passion, extreme love. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like they will scream at you, they will get in your face, but it's always because they see the potential in you, not where you are right now. And I will always love them for that because, I mean, not many coaches can see that. They see like the fact that they look at you and see who you will become and see who you can become mm-hmm. more than who you are right now is incredible. And yeah. so I'm just blessed to see that from my end and grow up and see that every day grow up as a ball boy like my idols were the players you would see and I would see them up close and personal like I some of those dudes I still think are like NFL players to me if I Mm -hmm. met them you know just because growing up around that as a ball boy like you've been a little kid watching high school games now like on the field with them Mm -hmm. wow an experience like no other yeah no and you're you're right I was actually I got I got the blessed opportunity to be coached by Kirk McBride as an inside linebacker my freshman year. Love Kirk, man. And then got coached by – kind of coached, kind of not mm. coached by your dad when I was a tight end my, yeah. my uh, junior year because I did a lot of things with the linemen. So I got mm. very blessed to be coached by two, two-thirds of McBrides. Unfortunately, uh, when I became a varsity guy, uh, Joe McBride had moved down to Dripping Springs. But, yeah. I mean – great names great guys everyone yeah. there you can you can see in yourself and obviously them uh glenn williams was actually on this podcast yeah, earlier. To that podcast earlier yep and yes, he, he told a story it. about your dad i don't know if it was actually on or not about how he at tech he used to have just like a cup of ice and that's all mm-hmm. they gave you for the entire no practice. yes 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 trust me man there was never there was never anything i could ever say but like hey dad i'm tired he always had a one-up type story <laughs> but like yeah you know back in my day like we weren't allowed to drink water for like a month, you know, just mm-hmm. see how long we can survive or something. Like, all right, dad. All right, man. All right. <laughs> no, yeah. Your, your dad is one of the funnier dudes. Yeah, um, just really to hang, don't. whenever you get him off the field and he's, he's just chill coach mm-hmm. or chill coach mm-hmm. Mike. He, he's one of the funniest yes. guys you can be around. Um, for but you, sure, for but sure. for your, yourself after your Marcus days, um, obviously you're playing uh, NAIA football now at Sagu. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about the recruitment process? Maybe if you went on some different visits, uh, what did that look like for yourself? All right. So back when I was sophomore year, I was actually like a pretty good center. Like I had a good amount, like that during my sophomore year, I was having college scouts and stuff already come. I was invited to like the opening, all these like really good camps and all that stuff. And like I said, I was playing center as at Coppell. And then my injury happened. Well, I have, like, permanent nerve damage in my left arm, and I'm left-handed. And then I have, like, broke both the bones in my arm. Like, I, I, I get hit in, like, certain spots in my arm. It just can't use it for a while type stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got moved to guard. And I remember, like, I went when I was a center and everything, and, that, and before I was injured, I had colleges hitting me up all the time, getting calls, getting constantly followed on Twitter by all these mm-hmm. college coaches. And I just remember all of a sudden it abruptly just stopped. And I was just like, all right, I guess, you know, this is, it's a business, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a hard thing for a kid to understand when, you know, you're told to trust these adults your entire life. And all of a sudden these adults just, you know, they yeah. act like they care and they're just really lying to you a lot of ways. Yeah. And then I came up with 
I'm, you know, going to leave this up to God. I wasn't very religious growing up, honestly. Mm-hmm. until I just came to a moment where I'm just going to leave this up to God. Wherever the place offers me first, I'm taking it regardless of where it is. I don't care if I get better ones at the end. But I do, I do. I'm taking the first one, you know, that believes in me. The one that says, all right, we're going to go with this one. And it was Sagu, man. And like I said, man, I wasn't religious growing up. Man, I'm blessed now. Blessed yeah. now. Well, sure. what's what's the um, recruitment process? Did you go on an actual official visit to Sagu? And what was that, I guess, weekend like for yourself? I went on uh, one official visit, I guess, of just mm-hmm. up to Sagu during the winter one time. And my stepbrother already played for Sagu. He plays mm-hmm. – uh, that's kind of how I, in a way, ended up at Marcus, was he also played defensive tackle. He was mm-hmm. a real good defensive tackle. And so he got to Sagu a year before me, and that's how I kind of knew about it, but I didn't really know too much. I didn't even yeah. really got into a game or anything. And then, you know, Colin Jacks also went there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love Jax. Actually, he's he's actually like we have like a sorry, this is a little off topic, but we have a nickname that we pass on from like offensive lineman to offensive lineman to offensive lineman called Bucking. Mm-hmm. And he for some reason that's like his thing. And now we have, now we're on to like bucket number three right now. It's it's great. It's awesome. But no, like when on my visit it was all right. I mean, it was really cold and I mm-hmm. you know, wore a jacket and shorts because that was stupid. It was really cold. It's like 20, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the visit was just all right. It was pretty cool and everything. But the, what really set me over to tell you how much of a fat kid I was at the time, I knew the place was for me when they took me to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was like, that's it. That's the place. That is there the place go. I'm going to. <laughs> that is, I got to. Like, that is my favorite place growing up. Love Buffalo Wild Wings. I was like, God mm-hmm. sent me a sign right here. Well, hold, up, they, hold up, Luke. I got to ask you a question. What would you get yeah. when you went there? Oh, I got 12-count honey barbecue uh, boneless wings. Hey, there you go, my guy. Okay, are you – let me – again, this is off topic. Are you a boneless or a bone-in guy? Boneless. I'm sorry. I don't – bones freak me out. Bones freak me out. Dude, there you go. My whole thing if is I'm if I'm – my whole thing my whole thing is if is if you go to a restaurant now obviously if they only serve bone in that's what you gotta eat it is what it is but if you're Mm. going to a restaurant i'm not trying to get all sticky fingered i want to eat with a fork eat like a gentleman no it's not the same at home it's a different story and like i said like Mm -hmm. if you guys have ever been to pluckers they only have bone in it's totally understandable but like if i'm going to like buffalo wild wings some other place it's it's bone it's boneless Mm -hmm. chuck nuggets with sauce i don't care what you call them they taste better. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. They do. It's, you don't like it, it sucks. But they taste better. And honestly, like, if you're, if you're going to eat it, might as well eat the whole thing. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, chew on the bone for a while. Like, no, like, I'm, I'm paying for this whole nugget right here. I'm eating this whole nugget. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said it right there. It's a nugget. It's not <laughs> a wing. Now, Luke, did you see the other day there was, like, a man in Philadelphia who was petitioning the – the state yes. to stop yeah about the wings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> you, know, you should take up that fight that is great Dude, no that's exactly like i i'm like retweeting it or something send it to my friends and like that is a cause i will stand by for the rest of my life like yes let's do it i'm with that man but i'm mad because if i had known that you were going to take the first offer you got and all we had to do to get you there was the buffalo wild wings and i wish my school had recruited you i wish we could oh, get you I, there dude man i what game at the time, probably, man. I know because y'all's head coach, man, is apparently like a really good guy and he's really trusted with all these coaches down here. So I've heard a little great things about him. So I was like, it's never knocked, I guess. Yeah, never knocked. The only mistake he ever made was bringing Drew in. Oh, shots, big shots. Um, so you're at Sagu, right? Uh, yeah. It's a completely different experience. Can you kind of talk about your first fall camp? Obviously, you've experienced a lot more fall camps than probably mm-hmm. the average person being a coach's kid. Yeah. Um, but what was that first fall camp like for division or, I guess, NAIA? All right. Well, when I got to Sagu, that was the first time I ever practiced on grass. So that was a big change for me, really. Other than, like, an occasional, like, one a couple of times. I never really practiced on grass, so that was weird. But, like, what was really, really weird compared to like 6A is 6A, you have a thousand bodies. You have people that can do this over there, people hold pads, you have backups, third strings, fourth strings. I got to Sagu and 
this 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 season is the most offensive lineman we've had all at once and that can actually do stuff but before that on average there's only about eight of us per like fall camp and spring spring was so i'm gonna i would go ones twos and threes every single day just didn't stop just went 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 we also had probably the best coach i've ever been under at the time also like man's an incredible office coordinator mm-hmm. coach harrell which hall of fame coach and everything so i loved it i loved learning from him but that fall camp was that was tough, man. Going ones, twos, threes, having 60, 70 rep practices without any break. No no knee braces. Go oh. back to the calf and eat. Yo. Whatever's left. Some, <laughs> some cold hamburger meat or something. Man, that's a that's amazing. Yep, yep. Actually just saw where uh oh gosh, North Carolina is playing. They were supposed to be playing Charlotte, and Charlotte had to cancel their mm-hmm. game because they didn't have enough – what they deemed to be not enough offensive linemen to play safely. That's um, I don't know crazy. what that number is exactly. We actually went th- – this past season, we went through the entire season with only seven offensive linemen, maybe eight at one time. Now, normally we have about 14 to 15, wow. but just some weird things happened mm-hmm. this year. So, I got to see mm-hmm. what that looks like firsthand. And so, I, I just – I can't imagine what that's like for you guys, man. Like, going through the ones, twos, and threes, man, our guys were exhausted after that. So, I can't Yo, imagine yeah. what y'all are feeling. Dude, man, there was long, 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 long days. Man, yeah, no. Loved it. Loved it. My my first year at Hendricks, I was the second string tight end as well as a freshman. <laughs> so I was doing all the scout team stuff as yeah. well as taking the second team second team reps. So long practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but your first year yeah. in 2017, uh, you guys actually had a your I believe it was tied for the best y'all have had in the last couple of years at an eight and three record. Uh, what was or was yeah. it eight and three or maybe mm-hmm. eight and two? I think it was eight and two actually. It was. Eight and two, but then we had a bowl game at the end that we okay. lost. But I got you. So, yeah. well, still one of your most successful careers at Sagu, mm-hmm. or one of the most successful seasons at Sagu. Uh, can you yeah. tell me what that was like and what the locker room feel was like your first year? First year, all right. So we've had, I've been on two coaching staff since I've been here. So the first uh, first year I was here, that that senior class was very very close. That's one thing I will always admire them about. Is they were very close. Like they they took care of business. They were all. I mean, as a Christian school, like a lot of times mm-hmm. your your sports are like your most trusted friends. They're going to be you know you're with them all the time. They're going to be mm-hmm. you, you tend to trust at all times. So like they were just well knitted. They were great. They worked well together and they did a good job helping younger people, mm-hmm. which was good. You know. But with that, and then we had some really good leadership. Like, our quarterback at the time was C.J. Collins. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, he got picked up by the Packers. Like, he's really, really good. Really professional. Like, get stuff done. You know, like, head on, like, a quarterback quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. You know? And then on top of that, we had an offensive coordinator who was Sam Harrell. Again, he was Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. Sam's Graham Harrell. So, we had we had a lot. So, you know, just mixed down with a good locker room with, like I said, C.J. Collins, who's really good. There was dudes like Stephen Lawson. He was probably running the whole business or something nowadays. <laughs> J.P. Lowry, who I will never forget this in my life because I didn't think running back shot like this. But, like, I remember pulling, and I was, like I said, I was a little chunkier at the time. So I was only, like, I got here at, like, three, three about 320. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, 320, so I was a little, a little slow. And I'm pulling around, and after, like, I got my block and everything, I'm coming off the sideline and everything, and we were talking, and he started talking about how we can work in rest point and work all this stuff and figure out how he can time up my pulling a lot better so he can, you know, work this and all this stuff. I was like, that just made me happy as I can off the line because you don't hear running backs ask about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. Just great dudes. That team's great leadership. Road men who knew what they wanted and went and got it. So Luke, I've been I've been waiting to get to this one because we actually have a common opponent. Mm-hmm. We both play Lion College in mm-hmm. NAIA school out of Batesville, Arkansas. Um, yep. Now you told us before the show that you are not a big fan of them. Can you expound upon that? Hate them. All right. So <laughs> I don't think I have played Lion College where we hadn't blatantly blatantly seen them throw a punch or something mm-hmm. at least. Like I'm. I don't want to talk bad. You know, it's pretty dirty. Like, I will 
We'll never, there was like number 10. Like we had this dude who was a stud. Like one of those dudes, like y'all played smaller stuff, smaller mm-hmm. school football and everything. But you've seen some of those dudes you can definitely go for the one team right now. Yep. Like it's just, they something happened to where they somehow ended up at a smaller place. But I will never forget, we had a defensive end named Matthew Bider. He was straight and narrow, like great kid. Like if he wasn't playing football, he'd probably been like the Marines or as like a Navy still type dude. Like just, you know, very disciplined type lifestyle. Well, I knew something crazy was going on when he tried to hit someone. Like, because he's calm, super sweet, nice dude. And I, I was like, wow. So I, I remember like pulling up the film and like, there's this one dude, almost every other play was hitting someone at the end of the play or doing something dirty, man. Don't like him. And then they beat us. My, we beat him pretty bad my freshman year and my sophomore year. They beat us by field goal at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. That's like a buzzer beater type field goal, and that hurt. And then you know we got a little, we almost got into a little something after the end of the game. After that, they're very chippy, and they didn't really get sued in my junior year because I tore my ACL and all that stuff. So I was, yeah. I was surging and all that. Man, I don't, I don't like those guys. I definitely want to get them this year. Yeah, no, definitely. we, we, we. Uh, so my my first year, I, I believe they were the first game. Sandy Mm -hmm. um we played them in a stadium and in a high school stadium I believe I don't know yeah I know that's where I played them at yep yeah a little high school stadium with a locker room that barely fit our team so I can only imagine that it barely fit you guys as well um and the trophy that Hendrix and Lyon play for is a Godzilla trophy in a Scottish like outfit with like a bagpipe right Sandy that is absolutely amazing um I have no idea what it's called but it was the – when we won it, it was, in my opinion, it was the weirdest trophy I've ever seen in my life, that Sandy. Great. <laughs> no, it's definitely the weirdest trophy. It's called Scottzilla. And the reason why it is, Luke, is because, you know, they're the Lion Scots. And our yeah. president at the time is a uh, renowned – believe, and, and I'm not lying. This is actually true. He is a renowned scholar on Godzilla and how Godzilla pertains to Japanese culture. Like, he, he's considered an expert at that. So that's how that trophy came no to way. be. It's I, I was trying to find pictures of it while you were talking at first because I wanted to be able to show you. I, I it's so bad. I guess people didn't want to take pictures of it. Um, our head coach doesn't like, even like it. So I mean, but I don't know how you would like. Did you get like a Godzilla like action figure and put like learn. That, that's little, basically uh, what they did. No, no that, but hey, no, they went hard on this thing. Now I mean, they they forked out the money for it. Wow. Um, I would, but, I, mean, I would have won that. I want a Godzilla, Scott Scottzilla. Yeah. No, Same. but uh, uh, some other teams in your division uh, or your conference. Is there a mm-hmm. is Lion Girls biggest rival, or is it just, is there another team that you guys would consider your rival school that you play every year? I would say straight up, our probably our biggest rival would probably be Texas Westland, just because that's thirty minutes down the road, and mm-hmm. I mean a lot of times, especially school that's thirty minutes down the road, you're really recruiting a lot of the same kids a lot of times. Yeah. So I mean, just the fact that you're almost in the exact same area, but like I said, thirty minutes down the road. I mean, that's our, probably our biggest one, but we always, always play Arizona Christian really. That's always a really good game between us two since I've been here. So I would say that's honestly a pretty good rivalry just because they play really well and we always go all out with it too. I would say that's probably our – Texas Westland's for sure rivalry. rivalry. I wouldn't say Arizona Christian is, but I would say that's close to one. So I got a question for you. You mentioned you play an mm-hmm. Arizona team. Um, yeah. Is it hotter – to play in the state of Texas or to play in an Arizona? Like, which game is hotter to play in? Which one was more tough for you with the temperature? Honestly, I would say Texas because, I mean, with Texas, you got, the, you got a little bit of humidity and all that stuff, so you, you're drenched in sweat by warm-ups. You know, you're – you know, I'm, I'll be in my stands, hey, my sweat's falling out of my face mask and all that stuff. But we were in Arizona, it was still like, like about 90 degrees when we played them last year. But, you know, it got nighttime and it, got, and it was a cool breeze and it felt nice. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say Texas heat's a lot much worse to play in. Let's go, Sandy. Sandy, just another mm-hmm. thing that Texas is better at than everyone Facts. else. Um, Facts. We're the, it's hard to play in here for the temperature. We have the most talent. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just making our case to mm-hmm. why we are the best state to play football Facts. in. Um, yes. 
No. Well, yeah, okay. First of all, Drew, you should have known what his answer was going to be because it, it's it's known that you know Arizona they don't really it's that dry heat that Luke was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, the humidity. Let me tell you something though. The Dallas kids, it's not the same in all parts of Texas because I went down to a kicking camp in Houston. And oh my gosh, like, no, yeah, I, that, we're talking about some, there's some disparity here because Houston no, yeah. is something else being near the Gulf. Um, but Drew, we played in that game in Mississippi. I mean, that was hot as hell. Even all the Texas coaches say, no, nah, that's probably the hottest game I've been a part so, of. So. so Luke was talking about how he's barely ever done practices in the actual on grass before he went to Sagu. So there was a few times our his sophomore year, my junior year, where it was so hot on the turf and we were building a new turf room that our like turf room was getting like destroyed and stuff. We had to go practice mm-hmm. on our backfields because the turf was so hot. And so we just yeah. like our coaches were like, nope, like we're going and there was shade. Like those mm-hmm. those like we started off on the turf and it was like 130 it felt like on our feet from the turf yeah on our two days later our coaches were like no we're not doing that we're moving to the grass we practiced like two three days in the grass it was legit 40 degrees cooler on the grass oh my, it was amazing absolutely amazing so now the mississippi game was definitely the hottest game i ever played in but we were forced to so the at least practice we got moved but um luke you're you're obviously you're from texas College football is big in the state of Texas as well. Is there a specific university that you repped growing up as a kid? Like, hey, I know your your dad and uncles went to Tech and they played football there. Um, but was there a school that you were like, this is my school? Sandy School is Arkansas. I'm only asking to to dig on Arkansas as well. Yeah. Well, actually, I grew up – I was born in Lubbock. So, also, like, I – heck, yeah, Texas Tech football all the way. You know, like, I grew up – my childhood hero was, like, Graham Harrell. But, like, my – Crabtree pulls free. I lived by that for like eight years of my life, man. Like, still, I still watch that video. Like, absolutely love Texas Tech. Love them, you know. Spent hey. my entire life loving them. Like you said, my dad and my uncle played for them. Yeah. Well, it's better than being an Arkansas fan, and I'll let Sandy talk about his blues. Well, no, I, I love I love <laughs> this with Luke because sure. I remember that call very well. Britt Musburger's Crabtree pulls free mm-hmm. and touchdown. Yeah, Dude, I, mean, love I, I, I love it. I love it. Anytime hey, oh anyone gosh. beats Texas, baby. I, we're, see, we're on the same page here. Yes. And and actually, Arkansas and Texas Tech split uh, a series, Drew, a few years ago. We beat them in Lubbock, and then they beat us in, I think, 2015. They had this quarterback that was kind of good. Um, but at the time, he was frustrating <laughs> me, man. I was like, all right, you can run around and stuff in college in the Big 12, but you'll never be able to do this in the NFL. Lo and behold, he's going to end up being one of the greatest quarterbacks yep. to ever play in the history mm-hmm. of the game. So – Yep, dude, man, I will never forget watching that that uh, Texas Tech when he took over the starting job, and everyone was kind of asking him like, "Who's Patrick Mahomes? Like, how was he taking over this job of dudes like Baker Mayfield and all this stuff?" Like, mm-hmm. people forget like when they like everyone was mad when Patrick Mahomes became the starter because you know they were, I think there was two other starters that they benched for him, and everyone was like, "Why? Like, what's wrong with Baker? What's wrong with?" Uh, can't remember exactly remember my name, but it's a, uh, he used to play at Stephenville in high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I just remember they benched him, and then all of a sudden you have Patrick Mahomes, and you can tell. I remember watching him, and I didn't care what all those NFL scouts said, dude. You knew he was going to be a player. Just dude, man, he would just launch it like sixty yards, like it was like he was throwing a little tennis ball. Yeah. <laughs> No, he, he's got a cannon on him, man. Now, was there ever a little piece of you, whether it was through a scholarship, obviously that was a hope, or maybe just mm-hmm. to walk on to actually go and play for Tech, or was that you were just trying to go get free college, which is totally understandable, or semi-free college? I mean, I always wanted to go big school, but then, you know, like stuff happened, life happened, for, you know, can't do it. And then uh, actually, like, uh, for, uh, my my plan when I first got to SAGU because you know with the NI rules you can kind of like transfer honestly like almost anytime you want and you can transfer in the spring and I'm pretty sure you can play NCAA D1 football in the fall like mm-hmm. you can that's you know so I was like all right I'm gonna do this get my good film here lose a lot of weight you know get my body right get my life right and then you know try to walk on well I did all that got down to like 260 pounds and stuff got muscled and everything exactly where I wanted to be. And I just, like I said, God had me at Sagu for a reason. So I stayed at Sagu. But, man, I was 
for a long, long time, everything in me wanted to get offered by like Texas Tech or Notre Dame, just O line you, baby. That's yeah. You can never go wrong with going to Notre Dame. Want to go like you know all those big schools like Arkansas, dude. I want to go Arkansas for really bad for a long time. Loved that offense they used to run with Brett Belima. Loved it. Yeah. I love that heavy style pro style offense, like especially what we had at Coppell. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that man. I'm still mind, I guess. I yeah, man. Like, we love. Say, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, we love that three and nine offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> And it, it, uh, yeah, it, it was good. I mean, I'll say more of a Wisconsin offense. Let's go with the Wisconsin side of that there one. There you go. There you go. No, but he, he, he they, had some really good years there. It just didn't work out yeah. for whatever reason. I'm not, I, I don't like, mm-hmm. to, there are a lot of things about Bielema I like. I just, I do like to make fun of ourselves a lot because there isn't, that's the only way we can really have fun as Razorback fans is <laughs> to make fun of ourselves. That's about Dude, it. Dude, at the end of the day, just be happy you're not AM, man. <laughs> Dude, hey, like, I, I <laughs> respect that. How do you that. have Tyler Mer- like, <laughs> like, like, I'm so I, I will I, I you know grew up loving Texas Tech fan and all that stuff, so like I grew up hating Texas, but man, I will always hate Texas A&M more because it's like they wanted to be great, they, just, they they can't be great, you know. Just how do you lose Kyler Murray? And I'm sorry, just be happy you're not a Texas A&M fan, man. Tough, tough. That's big. Tough. Imagine how all those great players leave, you know, go be better somewhere else. Now, mm. let me let me ask you this, Luke. Uh, mm. Dallas boy, are you a Cowboys fan? Of course. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're literally talking about the same thing whenever you're talking about Texas A&M. How does it feel to be mediocre, my guy? Eight and eight your it's whole life. Hey, right, man. I, I believe I'm optimistic. <laughs> I believe in the future. <laughs> and, ain't got much to look on the past, you know. But I'm looking at okay. the future. Right. Let, let me let me put this on you. If you're if you're the if you for some reason become the GM of the Cowboys, are you signing Dak Prescott for forty? Easy, even for what he's no. asking. Yes, I will give him that money. I think he downright deserves it. I would do a little other stuff with you know the team, but I would give him that money because how often do you find a quarterback that is a good leader, good person, and a good player like? He, he realistically doesn't have many issues, and he's a good quarterback. So I would. I mean, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't pay him that much. I don't think he's a forty million dollar man just yet. I need him. I need him to have more than one winning season under his belt. But I do agree. I think he is a great leader. He's a natural leader. Uh, everything from no, what I've seen and heard, he's just he just does it easy. Um, I just think he needs. He do, he doesn't have all the weapons I'd want to pay for. He's not on a Patrick Mahomes. I Deshaun Watson I believe is worth more than him. Uh, there's a lot oh, of guys I, I think, but I mean he's asking that much and it, it's just it's it's tough to see now. It's really cool obviously on Sundays to watch mm-hmm. uh, our old buddy on the line Connor Williams play. Is that is that cool to see on on Sundays Connor Williams? Have you talked yeah, to him dude. since yeah, he's been a, since he's been on the since he's been in the NFL? I haven't talked to him in a while. I just said congrats and stuff. I was thinking about texting him because he tore his ACL like mm-hmm. a week after I tore my ACL. So yeah. I started hitting him up. And I mean, I don't know if he stole my number, something like years or something. So yeah. I haven't really talked to him. But man, I absolutely love watching him. Because like if you watched the last game, if you watched him against Michael Brockers and stuff, he absolutely wore Michael Brockers out. And yeah. dude, he had such a great year last year. And I'm like, the fact that, oh, I just love it. Like it hypes me up seeing him like, like my dad has a jersey of Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. He'll wear it all the time. Like, yep. dude, oh my gosh, loved it. I lost it when he went to the Cowboys. I absolutely love it because he was he was awesome my sophomore year. Like as a sophomore, you know, you're a kid, mm-hmm. especially with dudes like that. You know, you've been at Coppell. Like, I was a kid compared to a lot of people. So it was like him and all those dudes, him, Jordan, Glenn, Sleep, Jacks, dude. They were amazing, and they helped me, like, show me so much. They helped talk me through, talk me through so much. Man, I loved them that. So now seeing them do stuff they are dreamed about and wanted to do now, it's amazing, man. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was actually really cool. Uh, on Sunday night, like you said, he was mm-hmm. wearing out Brockers. He also had some – he also won some battles against Aaron Donald as well, um, and they were, they were talking him up. They were talking him and Tyron like, Smith uh, up. If you go back and watch a lot of the film, Connor actually, for someone against Aaron Donald, like, when they actually have played each other, Connor has done a really, really great job. Probably better than, like, 
honestly, I would say he's probably one of the best guards to go against Aaron Donald that I've mm-hmm. seen just because, I mean, you heard on the stats on Sunday night, they said that was like his first, second five games mm-hmm. against the yeah. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, majority of the snaps, especially if you go back to the playoff game, Connor's rookie year, you know, when he came back from his knee scope and all this stuff, yeah. he did a phenomenal job against Aaron Donald. So just, dude, that's awesome. He did a great job. Proud of that dude, man. It's awesome. Well, I'm sorry, Luke, that Drew had to shower you with his Cowboys hate. He he likes to do this a lot to all of our Dallas guys. I'll I'll, I'll give you something um, th- that you and I have this like not not telecommunication, but we have this connection because you're a big Cowboys guy. Now Jerry yeah. Jones is from my neck of the woods. We went to the same high school yeah. and all that and stuff. So there's this connection here between Arkansas and the Dallas Cowboys as well. So we share yeah. in that sure. sentiment. Now I got to ask you. Besides the Cowboys, are you a fan of any other Dallas sports teams? I mean, I love all the Dallas sports teams. I mean, the way I see it, it's my home, so might as well represent your home. So I, I watch them all the time, love them up. Except for, I mean, I don't watch the Dallas soccer and the less stuff here as much as I yeah. should. But it's okay. FC Dallas is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if I'm watching soccer, I'm watching Man U or something. Especially, you know, I'm watching English Premier League. Big tough. You just you just open a door for Sandy that he's about to knock out. Um, he is a Chelsea guy, so I don't I don't like claiming that, that tag because you know if you claim uh, City, United, Chelsea, yeah, Liverpool. I mean, Arsenal. I think Arsenal guys get a pass, especially now in the last five years. But it, it, you just you get branded as the bandwagoner and stuff. But when you and no, I were growing yeah. up, I mean, it was really Chelsea and United going at it year after year for the title. Yeah. I mean, City were in the mm-hmm. periphery. Mm-hmm. Liverpool were dwindling and stuff. Hey, yep. you know, I like that. And, and you know, I, I played soccer my entire life, you know, being a kicker, you know, that's what I grew up with. There was a time when FC Dallas was pretty good, Drew. Now, they're, awesome. they're head, mm-hmm. they've got two young players that will probably end up going overseas. So, that's unfortunate for them. I like their uh, Toyota Park. It used to be Pizza Hut Park, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I've been to a few games there. Saw David Beckham's uh, MLS debut. And uh, well, it wasn't his That's debut, dope. I think, but he was in FC Dallas. But I, I do get it. Yeah, honestly, Luke, the MLS is just – I love my team sporting Kansas City, but the MLS is not yeah. the best quality of play. So, I definitely don't no, blame you for wanting to watch them. Mm-hmm. Now, my question was kind of pointed because now the Mavericks did really well, I believe, yep. in the bubble. <clears throat> but my the team I'm all over, like I've been on for the past few months, especially now that – are the Dallas Stars, man. Like, do you watch any yes. hockey? Yes, I knew. I knew when y'all y'all were talking about Dallas. I knew y'all ought to be talking about the stars because that's freaking awesome, dude. That's, <laughs> dude, uh, I don't like. I've watched hockey off and on throughout the years, but like because of the bubble. I mean, not not because of the bubble, because of Corona and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you actually kind of forced to watch other stuff. So I started watching and really, really watching hockey, and I've been watching a lot of these series. Dude, I love it. I just wish I could see the the, the little puck better. I wish it was like <laughs> bright colors. Because yeah. half the time I have no idea what's happening. I see someone just getting up like, "Oh yeah," you know. Yeah, but man. No. I just, well, I well, you would be so like I don't know if you saw a couple years ago the Nashville Predators when they were at a game. The Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. actually came and drank the beer and everything. Like you yeah. would be, you would do. I think they need to bring you on for the Dallas Stars. Summon you, let's you and some of your Sagu buddies. Bring them up and let's let's get crazy. Let's throw a party because I feel like you know you're that type of guy yeah. that that <laughs> that models that. <laughs> let's drink all the soda in the world yeah okay that was gonna be my I question I, dude i would honestly I would, yeah well my question was gonna be are y'all you wouldn't really be allowed to drink what what are protocols for sagu like you guys aren't really allowed to drink beer are all right you? so yeah no no not at all like so it seems of god so it seems of god is a lot more strict than I guess than most main type branches of religion and stuff that I guess you will hear about. So like they don't believe in drinking. They don't. We have curfew Monday through Friday at twelve, and then on the weekends it's one, and then chapel every day. Well, we used to have. So this year is a little bit more different because they kind of scaled back on a lot of the rules. But like, you used to like you get to scan in chapel and all this stuff and you used to have chapel every day and then we saw also have spiritual saturation week which was the longest week in your life because there was a middle fall camp and there was 
two hours of chapel in the morning and then two hours of chapel in the, at night. And in between, we would have two practices and like a full school day and it was brutal. But yeah, and then, I mean, what else? I mean, can't drink, obviously, you can't party and all this stuff. Well, can you after after a big win on a on a Saturday afternoon? Can you guys what what what's the routine for you and the guys? Like, obviously, you want to celebrate, can't party, but like you guys go hang out, maybe hit a hit. What's what's a favorite spot and and walks a hatchy that you guys like to go to after a big win? All right, so it depends if it's a night or day game. But if it's a day game, me and my friends are all going to two, this place called Two Amigos, which is like mm-hmm. a I mean a little Mexican restaurant. And it's a little hole in the wall type place where it's like the burritos are for real, like a foot long. Yeah. And they're like, they're not like Chipotle burritos where it's just like rice and all that stuff. It'll be like a foot long breakfast burrito. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, I mean, amazing. Oh my goodness. It's probably, it's honestly maybe even bigger than a foot long. But like, like I said, a foot long burrito and always got the egg with bacon and potatoes and stuff and after the game oh my gosh it was amazing and then honestly me what me and my friends would usually do we would play a whole lot of video games like we would all set up a bunch of stuff because we all lived on like the same hall and we were a bunch of big nerds so we would have a bunch of video games and we were stupid we would play like baseball in the hallway or something like yeah stupid but you know yeah you got to figure out something to to do to celebrate those wins dude man um Sandy has not visited Dallas just yet with with myself, mm. and since we've been doing this, um, barbecue obviously is huge in the state of Texas. What are some barbecue joints in the city of Capella or the city of Dallas that you would recommend for Sandy to go to? Firstly, dude, you gotta you gotta heart eight, like you gotta go to heart eight, like that is oh my goodness, man, it is mm-hmm. it is really 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 good, especially you know when you get the the, the beans and stuff, I think it is or spicy too. I love spicy stuff. The mm-hmm. beans are good, and it's like in the beans. Meat's good, food's good, but you gotta go hard eight. And then I think there's a place in Argyle that I really like called I think it's called Bumper Shoots. Not 100 percent sure, mm-hmm. but it's over in Argyle, and man, it's like you sit outside pretty much and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's really, really, really good. Another place y'all should go to. It's probably my biggest two. I don't know what it is, uh, Luke, about football players, post-game, and Mexican food, because Drew will know this in his uh, shortened time in Conway, Arkansas. The, our favorite joint is like a Mexican hole-in-the-wall joint as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the food is typically like a little cheaper. I don't know, but it, there's just something about it, man. It's man. just – I don't know. Tastes good. Tastes good. It's almost as good as Whataburger after a game. Almost, though. All right. That was a good feeling to have. That was a great feeling to have that, you know, Drew didn't get experience, I guess, in college. Well, now, you that, you, now that you brought it up, Luke, uh, Whataburger. So, us Arkansas guys, we don't have a Whataburger except in the northwestern part of the state with the University of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. a majority – gosh, probably over 50% of our team, if maybe 50% of our <laughs> team is from Texas, uh, especially the DFW area, and they all come in talking about Whataburger. And yeah. honestly, it like gets blown out of proportion because they talk about it so much. We're like, all right, all right, we get it already. Like, but I mean, it is good. What's your what's your go to spot? What's your go to when you go to Whataburger? All right, so you go to Whataburger, you always got to go off the all time favorites. That is as much you always get to do that. I don't care if you get number one, number two. If you like that regular cheeseburger, it doesn't matter. You're getting all time favorite. But out of my all time favorites, because you know they have like limited time stuff. It's how fat boy I used to be. I used to have this down to the T. <laughs> <laughs> so like no, the, the the forever go-to would always be the honey barbecue chicken chip sandwich that's like forever like that's old the old trusty steed but the barbecue bacon burger when it was here man oh my gosh i probably gained like a solid 15 pounds for the, like two months it was out just from that man it was glorious love that thing and then a cinnamon roll too a cinnamon roll wow you ain't even ready for the cinnamon roll that's when you know he's an old lineman when you get the cinnamon roll in there. Dude, dude, man. That cinnamon roll is phenomenal. It's nice and warm. You would be proud of me, Luke. It's the one time I went to Whataburger, actually. That's what I got was the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich, man. That was yep. that was pretty solid. So um, when, yeah, like whenever it. we went and did Texas road trips, 
especially the freshmen, they would always have their parents bring them Whataburger to the hotel the night before the game. Mm-hmm. My, one That's of my awesome. best friends, my punter, he yeah. loves Whataburger, and he – his thing is always the honey butter chicken biscuit, honey butter chicken biscuit. That's his favorite thing. And the kids are always trying to recreate that in the cafeteria. Like we have the, the ways in which people can yeah. recreate their sauces. And you see these Texas kids in there just like, they're like fanatical scientists in there, man. They are whipping <laughs> it up. I, and stuff. I know exactly what you mean. That's, that's literally how I am. I'm opening up all these bags and stuff, pouring all yes. in, trying to, you know. Well, like with, with, with the, with the, I guess the invention of TikTok, I've learned two things about Wob. You can take that honey um, barbecue chicken strip sandwich, whatever, substitute the barbecue for the, the butter, the honey butter, mm-hmm. make a big mm-hmm. sandwich. And then yep. also you can order a cup full of the actual sauce, I believe, or maybe that's Cane's might be Cane's where you can order the whole, like a cup full of the sauce. So uh, there's a lot of things you can do now. Um, but I've got, I've, I want to ask you something. Your profile picture, Luke, you are wearing a yeah. neck roll. Is that a new mm-hmm. staple of yours to wear? Like when you see Luke McBride in a, in, in pads, you're wearing a neck roll. And is that based off of looks or is that more for the function? All right. So we, in all honesty, it was kind of just the shoulder pads that kind of fit me. And, you know, <laughs> my coach is like, Oh, that looks really cool. Like shoot. Why not? I mean, I'm down. So, I mean, it looked good. Felt really cool. Felt athletic, you know. Felt big and scary, I guess. It was cool. I was an offensive lineman with it. So, that was nice. But, I mean, it took mine off now. I'm going to put it back on. Because, you know, like, I've been having it for a few years. So, actually, mm-hmm. people kind of, like, look for it now. But, I mean, it was kind of – they kind of just hand me some shoulder pads. And it fit well. So, I was like, I'll take it. There you go. I mean, no, yeah? you're, you're late in Vanderesh 2.0. Uh, Dude, that, you got, yes. That's you you got that – He's working on getting under that five for that 40 next thing You know, Luke will be playing inside linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. Dude, um, heck yes. <laughs> there you go. Let's do um, it. I'm down. But then the next thing I want to ask you about is in your actual Twitter bio, you state that you're going to be a future coach. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I knew that from whenever you were a sophomore in high school that, you yeah. just, that that was what you're going to be doing. Are you looking to coach more in high school or are you looking to coach for a, a college or a university? Well, actually, my, my my original plan was to coach at a university, but the hardest part with coaching at a university is, like I said, as a high school coach, you're moving around a lot, but you're only moving to like 10, 15 minutes down the road to a different high school or something. As a yeah. college coach, especially at like a lot of the middle tier type colleges, you're moving across the nation usually in the next, like within two, three years at a time. And that's just, that's really hard. And on top of that, I was actually okay with doing that. You know, that'd be fun traveling and all this stuff if I was like single. But then I, you know, met my girlfriend, found out she's like the love of my life and all this stuff. So I was like, dang, I can't really, don't want to like have a family one day and then have to continuously uproot them across the nation. So I was like, I'm a coach high school. And I mean, I've all, I, I always I was fine with playing, didn't really enjoy playing too much, but I've always wanted to coach like since mm-hmm. I was a little kid, always enjoyed that. So I mean, I'm going to love it. And I'm definitely going to coach high school trying to make you know the next little mcbride empire or something you you have to because from what i know i remember when drew first told me about y'all first time we bought the mcbrides Mm -hmm. and i'm like dude how many of these guys are there and then you started talking i don't remember drew it was with like jonathan or i don't remember who it was but dude y'all started talking about like the you started talking about brady and then you start oh he's got this brother and then he's got this brother and then he's got this cousin on that i'm like dude what (laughs) yeah so y'all do have this empire for sure um no for real yeah you know, Luke, uh, I have quite a few friends. You know, Drew's one of them as well. He wants to be a coach. But I got to spend, you know, time with two off the top of my head that are graduate assistants now at Hendricks. Um, but they've wanted to be coaches their entire lives. There yeah. comes a point to where you can kind of tell, like, which one is more up their alley. Do they want to be high school? Do they want to be college? And I'm two for two so far. Um, yeah. And But at the same time, so we do the show with another guy, Stone Paul, he he honestly could be either in my opinion yeah. and you have that sense as well if it wasn't about the family life you know because it's an unbelievable investment and yes yeah it's just in i i feel for coaches i feel for their families like some oh, of the things yeah, no. have to go through and to sign up for it if it wasn't for that could you see yourself doing college or do you see yourself more wanting to because you're at two, this is a long-winded question, by the way. But, you know, no, college, college players and high school players 
are so different. Like the time, the mm-hmm. timing in their lives that you get them at as a coach, be able to mold them as people and players. Completely different. Right. So mm-hmm. which one, if it, if it wasn't for anything else, if you just got the pick, which one do you see yourself fitting more into? If I just had a, without all the family stuff, it would definitely be college just because I'm a little, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm more like my dad in a way. I'm a lot more aggressive. I'm a lot more assertive and more in your face. I'm more of, I'm, I'm going to treat you like you're a grown man if you're a grown man. Like at the end of the day, like, like I said it earlier, like if there's, there's something to do, we have to figure out a way to do it and we're going to get it done and I will make sure it's done. So I can coach college just because I can work with older people who I guess can take more, I guess would be the best way to explain that now you now so you're the son of a coach you know your cousins are sons of coaches mm-hmm. you know this you were talking about how like as a high school coach sometimes it, it even though you know you may be moving to a different job it's not too far like sometimes maybe just 15 minutes yeah. away so and all my time interviewing these these kids who in the dallas area and especially capel kids seems like hebron mm-hmm. and capel are not too far away am i right down third down the road okay just down the road so if you were at Capel, or and it could be the other way around, if you were at Hebron and for whatever reason went to Capel, but your son was playing at you know Capel, he was in a good point in his life. He's made a lot of good friends. Would you be okay with him staying at this previous school and you coaching at the rival, or does he need to move? Okay with it. I mean, it's never it's never going to be fun to coach against your family or anything, but I always love competition at the same time. So I mean, wherever I am, I am. Try to win. There you go. Now, we're going to end with two questions here because that's all kind of we're, – we're coming to a close. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, my first question, I'm stealing this from Sandy um, himself. Uh, I'm not, I might ask it wrong, so, Sandy, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, would you rather run, be able to run uh, 100 miles per hour or would you rather be able to fly at 20 miles per hour? Fly. I don't like to run. There you go. That's, a, that's the answer Sandy was looking for. Um, Sandy, I mean, please, please tell us why you like well, that answer. Well, this is it, Luke. So we've only asked – okay, we use this sometimes as a screener question for potential girlfriends just because <laughs> I think this question, you can, get, you, can, you can really get some good insight as to who a person is by the way they answer this question. We've only asked this question to one other person, and it was our guy Solomon Wise. Mm-hmm. And you know how he answered that question. <laughs> he wants to fly. <laughs> of course of course that's the correct well, answer and and the reasoning was everyone can run now you can run faster than everybody but no one can fly you'll be able I mean, to fly yeah i mean the, the fact that you can be like all right i don't want to go through traffic or i don't want to like i don't want to walk upstairs ever again are you kidding me that's an option of course i'm flying there you go now the second question might be a little controversial but um Obviously, as teammates, you're very close. Now, if a teammate had a sister, hypothetically, is she off limits to date for yourself? Like, are you not touching her to date? Probably, I probably wouldn't touch her. I mean, uh, it would depend on the circumstance type thing. Like, I mean, I'm a good guy. I would, like, it would come down to, like, I'm a good guy, so it's not like I would, like, try to, like, you know, be mean to her, like, hurt her or something. So I would at least trust that. But, like... I mean, if they were okay with it, it's definitely something I would ask them first. But like, I mean, maybe I don't. I don't ever have a set plan. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, hey, that's a good yeah. way to live. Just hopefully, if you for some reason were to happen to date a teammate sister, just as long as it's not a defensive lineman in your case, so that one on ones aren't as as uh, rough for you. Uh, or run hole and nah, stuff like nah, that. Nah, rough for them. Rough for them. <laughs> rough for them. <laughs> that's the mindset you gotta have. Well, Luke, <laughs> I that's all I got the, hands. <laughs> that's hey, that's all the time we have for today, my guy. All thank right. you for coming on, man. Appreciate we had a, we had a, no, we had a awesome. blast. So, uh, thank you, Luke. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. And that does it for today's interview with Luke McBride. Man, it was fun catching up with him. Uh, he's a great dude. McBride Dynasty, he's going to continue the legacy. But if you guys want to hear more of our college interviews, you guys can go to Splitting Uprights on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you guys find your uh, podcast. But if you guys want to check out more daily content from myself and my co-hosts, Sandy and Stone, go to Twitter or TikTok and look us up at Splitting Up. They don't care about no trends. They don't care about songs themselves. 
Is it?